Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Talking Football podcast. This time we're going to be choosing our Premier League team of 2020. So this spans from January 2020 all the way through to the end of last season, including of course any project restart and of course so far in 2020-21. Just some ground rules, we're not allowed to pick multiple players from one club, so it's one player per club which has made it quite hard, in fairness, to try and come up with our strongest 11s. But here we go. I'll start off and I've got Kasper Schmeichel as my keeper. Leicester were so, so close to finishing in the top four last season. Spent almost all of 2020 in the top four. Only dropped out in the last couple of weeks of last season. I've also gone there and kind of cheated a bit here with Ben Chilwell. Obviously, he was playing at Leicester for the majority of 2020, but since has moved to Chelsea, so he's my Chelsea player. Bit sneaky, bit cheating there, but he's, for me, he's England's best left-back, top two left-backs in the in the league. Robertson, the other one I was thinking of for the left-back spot, but I've gone with Chilwell. Connor Cody, Wolf skipper, tremendous uh, season last season, good start to this Hence, why he's in the England squad and another member of the national team in Michael Keane for Everton. Ever since Ancelotti took over, I think he's improved a lot. And throughout 2020, I think he's been their most solid central defender. One which is a bit of a surprise now in my right back right back spot. I've gone with a 4 3 3, by the way. Um, Hector Bayerin for Arsenal. They ended last season reasonably well. Obviously, still finished eighth, which for Arsenal is still unacceptable. Did win the cup, of course, not in the league, so that doesn't really count. But he's played well, even though they've started the season pretty poorly. I think he's been their only consistent defender where I've been impressed with him. And he's in my fantasy league team and he keeps getting me assists, so I'll take that. So, yeah, that's my keeper and back four Schmeichel, Chilwell, Cody, Keane, and Bayerin. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've also gone for a 4 3 3. My keeper, I've gone for Emmy Martinez. Um, I mean, as a Villa player, um, even though he, at the start of 2020, obviously, he was at Arsenal. Um, but I think he, he basically saved Arsenal's season last season, uh, especially during Project Restart, um, because obviously Leno got injured um, and he came in and was just like, performing out of his skin, uh, saving them many points uh, at the back end of last season. And then I thought it was very harsh for Arsenal to let him go to Villa. Um, but I think it was more him than the, than Arsenal wanting to move. Um, and I think that there's been reports saying that it, he was saying that Villa's actually a step up in his career rather than a step down um, and as proven at the start of this campaign he's got the highest amount of clean sheets in the league and he's at, uh, helping Villa get that sort of like top that five place at the minute um, performing out of his skin again um, so he, he's my key for 2020 um, I've also gone to Ben Chilwell at, at left back um, don't think there's a better English left back at the minute, and if you could argue with 
many other left backs being better than him in Europe at the minute as well. The way that he's uh, performing and you know he's always getting assists week in week out, or he's, he's the English Andy Robertson in a way. He's always bombing forward, but he is very good at tracking back and defending as well. Um, he does the nitty gritty part of the game very good as well. Uh, my centre back pairing, I've gone for a few sort of like surprise choices here. Um, I've gone for Ben Mee. Um, he was the captain of Burnley last season, uh, where they finished 10th, I believe, um, or 11th, I can't remember which one. Um, and they were very good defensively, as all Burnley seasons are, um, under Sean Dyche, and he's like the main part of that defence than me, like his leadership and the way he sort of like dictates that back four. Um, people might slate me for this, but I've also included Federico Fernandez. Um, goes to Newcastle from Swansea, I believe. Um, sort of like out of the blue in a way. Um, but he he's come in and he's sort of like been the one that's not afraid to sort of grab the game by the scruff of the neck from the defence in a way and he's really sort of like lifted um, Kieran Clark and uh, Fabian Shah next to him um, and he's really sort of like taken the captaincy for Newcastle um, with then missing Jamal Lascelles is um, the main focal part of that defence for Newcastle and Federico Fernandez is just sort of like settled in like he's played at Newcastle for 10, 15 years and is uh, working really well under Steve Bruce. Um, I've also gone for Ryan Fredericks. <coughs> Sorry, pardon me. Um, at right back. Um, I think he's a bit underrated in a way. He's like, he, he can question his defence, but like going forward um, with his pace, and with his crossing, he, he's a solid right back that sort of like many teams would want in that team. Um, not afraid to go forward, but will sort of do the bit of the nitty gritty work that a defender needs to do as well. So, keeper Martinez, back for Chilwell, Benley, Fernandez, and Frederick. Right then, moving on to our midfield three, and I can probably guess that there'll be one in there that we'll both agree on. For me, I've gone for James Ward-Prowse in, in central midfield purely because ever since Leicester smashed Southampton 9-0 at St Mary's last season, he's been their standout player. He scores a lot of free kicks. He's crossing from corners from like upper set pieces, it's absolutely fantastic. His open play work, he tracks back, he makes tackles, he can find the through balls, he can do everything that you want a central midfield player to do. And he's come into the England squad recently. I think he completely deserves that more than any other English midfielder, apart from probably Jordan Henderson, in fairness. I think he's one of the first midfielders to be named in the England squad now, which is just amazing to see. Uh, another midfield player who can do it all just got to say Kevin De Bruyne 
yes, City were miles off where they had been the previous two seasons last season, but he was injured for quite a lot of the time. And whenever he plays, no matter who's around him, he's basically man of the match almost before a ball has even been kicked, in fairness to him. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. And the third midfielder, I was going to have Grealish in here and then Rashford in my front three. But right at the last minute before we started filming this, I changed my mind. So I'm going to have Bruno Fernandes as a cam, purely because I think he averages like one direct goal involvement since he's signed almost a year ago now. And for a club like Man United, who have been crying out for someone to be doing that for years now, he's just transformed them so much. He's improved Rashford because he now has quality service. Same with Martial. And he's now feeding Cavani as well. And everyone asked, can Paul Pogba be the midfield man to drive Man U back to having a chance of winning trophies? Well, Fernandez for me, is just taking that mantle off him altogether. Fernandez has been the, the best attacking midfielder for me in the league in terms of consistency since he signed almost 12 months ago. So he is, has, has to be in that midfield three for me. So my midfield three, James Ward-Prowse, Kevin De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, um, so I've, I've again also got a midfield three. Um, I'll start with the one that uh, is different um, and that's Jordan Henderson. Um, so he's going to play a bit deeper in my, my team and be that sort of like mock at the back that he always is for Liverpool. Um, but it's not just that, what he'll bring is his leadership. Um, like ever since, like, unfortunately, the crowds haven't been in. Um, and you, if you listen to Stadium Effect where you don't have the crowd noise, you always hear Jordan Henderson, like, on his players, um, whether that's doing something bad, uh, he'll always have. He's not afraid to have that word with, um, I don't know, for example, Trent um, not going in for a tackle that he should have done. He'll be on his back and say, what are you doing? You need to get on that. But also something good as well. So if Andy Robertson wins a header, he'll, he'll say, he's the first one to say, like, oh, well played, Andy. And um, sort of like has, has that vocal point that you need in the team. Um and that, that was evident because when Henderson wasn't in, you know, Liverpool sort of last season, they lost 3-0 to uh, Watford and he, he wasn't in the team. And the, the Liverpool struggle without Henderson in, um, which just shows the improvement that Jordan Henderson has made because he was always a scapegoat uh, for Liverpool a few few years ago. Um, He's so always like, on the pitch, isn't he, Henderson? It's like if Klopp yeah. would be on the pitch, he would be Henderson. Yeah, he is. And I, it's hard to pick a better captain at the minute in the Premier League than Henderson. Because, just, just because he is, like what you say, another manager on the field. And he, he just lifts everyone's game up um, when he sort of plays. Um, and then my other two midfielders, um, I've, I've gone for... Uh, two of the same ones that you've picked in Bruno Fernandes and uh, Kevin De Bruyne and like you say at the minute it's 
hard to pick better attacking midfielders than those two in the Premier League right now. You know, Bruno Fernandes, goal contribution in every game that he's played, more or less, uh, for Manchester United and Kevin De Bruyne, as always, so fluid on the ball and can just pick a 40-yard pass out of nowhere that only he can see and he'll literally just get it right onto Gabriel Jesus' foot or Aguero foot for for a goal and is there a better crosser than Kevin De Bruyne at the minute in the Premier League? I don't think so. Just his accuracy of well, not even crosses, the more passes, aren't they really? Um, from out wide or a bit narrower in as well. So that's our midfield three. Uh, Henderson is a sort of deep lying midfielder with Bruno Fernandes and Kevin De Bruyne just ahead. Right then, so my final three players, of course, are my front three. As mentioned, I was going to have Grealish as like a number 10 in the camp position, but I've changed it to put him left of my front three. I've never been his biggest fan, in all honesty, purely because I've not been convinced that he hits the numbers needed in the Prem. I think last season was the first time he hit double figures for goals or assists in his career and he's only had two seasons before this one in the Premier League, a fair few in the Championship. So for people to say, oh, he's worth 40, 50 million when he's never hit 10 goals in a Prem season. I didn't see it, but I must say since last season and especially Similarly, it's like Ward Prowsend and Conor Cody. Since he's been involved in the England squad, he seems to have just stepped up a gear once more. So, credit to him. He's proved me wrong and, and countless other hundreds of thousand people in the country wrong and he's playing well every game. He always seems to be a contender for man of the match. So, for me, considering I've already used quite a lot of the big six so-called club's players already. He had to be on the left side of my front three. I was also tempted to put Son there, but then that wouldn't allow me to also have Harry Kane, and I had to have Harry Kane. There's not one game that he plays where I don't think he'll score, even if he plays against a Man U, a Liverpool, and a Man City kind of outfit. I just think, yeah, he'll score, he'll assist. Basically, him and Son just help each other out this season. Harry Kane, I don't know how he couldn't ignore his goals. People are always asking the question, will he be able to beat Shearer's Premier League record of 260 goals? And to even be asking that question just shows how incredibly important he is to Spurs. And if he was to stay fit, he would have had a lot more goals in 2020 as well. I left out Jordan Henderson for my midfield three because I wanted Mane or Salah in my team. And I've gone with Salah purely because there are so so many more strong left-sided front three players in the league. And Salah on the right-hand side of a front three, there's no one who gets anywhere close to him for me in the league. And he's hit extremely impressive goal numbers since he came to the club a few years ago. They, of course, won the Premier League Liverpool last season and he was a massive part in that. So I, I couldn't not have the, as they call him, the Egyptian king in my, 
in my in my team. I just think he's absolutely incredible. And yes, he, he should have had a couple of goals last night against Newcastle, but he he scores more than he misses, and Salah for me had to be in there. So my front three, then it's Jack Grealish, Harry Kane, and Mohamed Salah. Yeah, so I've, again, also got a front three. Um, obviously, having Jordan Henderson, I don't have one of the big three from Liverpool in in, in there. So instead, I've got um, Jungmin Son on the right hand side, which is a bit out of position as he naturally plays, but Son can play anywhere across the front three. Um, and it's just his pace, his sort of like. Even off the ball, he he's always pressing from the front, and he's always like the first one to defend, um, and sort of try and get a counter attack going. And you know, at the start of twenty twenty one season, he him and Kane were just assisting each other every game, and it it was just sort of incredible to see the stats that they had at the start of the season. Uh, sort of gone off a bit of the boil. Um, in recent weeks, but nonetheless, I, I had to have Son in my team because just because of his pace and what he brings um, off the ball as well. Um, uh, so on the other side, I've gone for uh, Diogo Jota. Um, cheating here because obviously he's at Liverpool now, but it is I've got him as a Wolves player. Um, he he's just been incredible this this year. Always setting up Raul Jimenez, um, or vice versa. He's got a few goals last season. Um, helped Wolves uh, to get back into Europe, I believe, um, or just miss out. Um, I can't remember which. Um, and he he was a vital part of that attack, and he's shown it since moving to Liverpool uh, this season as well. Um, I think. He's got the most goals off the bench this season for, for Liverpool and he's just been in, incredible and people questioning the £45 million pounds, um, that Liverpool spent on him. Um, I did think it was a little bit too much, maybe five ten million over his price, but he's proved his worth since moving to Liverpool this season. Uh, so he's on my left-hand side. Um, and then in my number nine position, I've gone for uh, Danny Ings because similar to Ward Prowse, like ever since that nine nil, like a switch was just flicked with like Danny Ings and Ward Prowse, and they they really saved Southampton last season. And it, I I was slated last season because I did say to one of my friends that Danny Ings you could sort of under Hassan Hootel compared to Timo Werner, which I know was at the time a big call, but you look at the back end of last season, you could actually make that link um, more realistic because because of Danny Ings' pace and his drive, like he's never giving up, he's never stopping, he's gonna even defending corners, he's always there to like put his body on the line. Um, and he'll make that 80 yard run on the counter attack as well um, and try and get the goal um, from defending a corner. And he's 
I think it's been a revelation to him moving back to a, in inverted commas, smaller club um, after his time at Liverpool because he, he just has no pressure on him now and he's just able just to express himself um, like he did on, uh, uh, under Sean Dyche at Burnley um, and he's going to give Gareth Southgate a massive headache uh, when he's choosing the 20, um, 21 Euros team because he, he, you could argue to start him over Kane at the minute. He's probably the only English striker that you could probably start over Kane at the minute because of his drive and his, like, what he brings to the team. But, I mean, obviously, he's going to go to Kane over the top because of his experience. Um, but if things is on fire, then he, he should definitely be the second number nine that Gareth Southgate takes uh, to the Euros for me. So my front three, uh, Son on the right, Diogo Jota on the left, and Danny Ings in the number nine spot. I've noticed that you haven't included any Everton or Leicester players. We attempted to have either Calvert, Lewin or Jimmy Vardy through the middle. Um, yeah, uh, obviously um, Calvert-Lewin this season started off on fire. I think he was the most prolific number nine in Europe at one point. Um, and obviously Jamie Vardy's just been that ever-present for Leicester in that number nine spot. Um, but I, I just think Danny Ings and what he, what he did last season to almost win the golden boot um, last season. I know Jamie Vardy won it, but I just think in that Southampton team, you could argue he has less service than Jamie Vardy because Jamie Vardy has Telemans and Madison and Dennis Pratt behind him, whereas Danny Ings is really only feeding off James Ward-Prowse. Arguably, yes, Hoiberg got a couple of assists last season and um, this season he's got Romeo and Redmond out wide. Um, and Romeo is obviously a midfielder, but Redmond's out wide as well and Theo Walcott. Um, but I don't, I don't think Jerry Valley's got more service and more quality around him, whereas Danny Ings is he's still getting similar amount of goals in arguably a, a less creative squad. Uh, no disrespect to Southampton, I, I love, love the way they play. Um, but I said that's why Ings just got it for me, um, just because of he's, he's only feeding off one player rather than three or four. There you have it then. I, I, sorry, um, I, I do I do also think that um, it was a tough call between Henderson and Undidi as well, um, because Undidi's just been um, amazing. Like James Madison was quoted saying that he's never. Um, he said that Kante was good, but Undidi, I think, is a better tackler of the ball, and that just shows sort of like how good Undidi is um, for that Leicester team. And um, so that that was again another close call for me, uh, whether to put Ndidi in the midfield, but I went with Henderson instead. There you have it then. That's they are our Premier League team of the year for 2020. I'll just run through mine from top to bottom quickly. A four-three-three formation: Casper, Schmeichel, Ingol. Reading left to right in defence, I've got Ben Chilwell, Connor Cody, Michael Keane, and Hector Bellerin. 
a midfield three of James Ward-Prowse, Kevin De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandes. And then my front three, Jack Grealish, Harry Kane and Mohamed Salah. Yeah, so we've through my same formation. I've got Emi Martinez in goal. Uh, reading right to left, I've got Frederick, Fernandes, Ben Mee, Ben Chilwell. Um, as my back four. Uh, midfield three of Jordan Henderson, Bruno Fernandes, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, then the front three of Son, Danny Ings and Diogo Jota. Thank you, Alan. That's the end of this episode. Please tune in to our next one, which is going to be our European Team of the Year, in which we're still only allowed one player per club, but we can have three players from any of the top five leagues in Europe. So until then, see you soon. Yeah.